Good afternoon. It's, uh, it is February the 6th. This year is flying by. This is Michael Vandervoort. We're doing another show on drive through HR. And uh, we had planned to have Robin with us today, but she is uh, on day three or something of her new job and is delayed by an important business lunch. So she's not going to be able to join us. So I'm going to go uh, straight to our guest who is uh, Pari Natajaran. Pari, welcome to drive through HR. How are you today? Hi, Michael. Thanks for inviting me to the session. Uh, I'm doing good. How about you? I'm awesome. Uh, it, you know, for a Monday, it's not too bad. It's been a busy <laughs> morning, but it, so far it's gone by. Uh, I've just had, I'm, I'm working at home today and I almost never have anyone come to the house. But this morning, for some reason, I've had like four different people knocking on the door. So hopefully they'll leave us alone for this 30 minutes. But uh, uh, if not, I'll just uh, close the office door and ignore them. So anyway, I'm glad to have you here. We're going to talk about a couple of different things, uh, but but around digital transformation and some uh, some other areas and aspects of HRIS and, and those kind of topics. So let's get started by having you uh, introduce yourself to our listeners by telling them basically who you are and what you do. Hi, I'm uh, Parina Drajan, co-founder and CEO of Zinov. We are a management consulting firm focused broadly on two areas. One, work with enterprise and technology companies on their digital transformation, uh, where we help companies think about the digital talent strategy, which location across the globe where they need to set up their operations and help them build these operations. Second, we help companies think about their partnerships. Uh, a lot of times your innovation and digital transformation doesn't happen within the boundaries of the company. It happens outside. So how do you partner with startups and services companies to build their capability? Third is to drive more automation and efficiency using tools, uh, the new tools are coming in around automation. That's one part. The second part of the business is because we work with enterprise and digital transformation, we work with the tech and tech services companies who are focused on digital transformation on their growth and M&A strategy. Uh, so those are the two parts of our business. We spread across and in the US, in Europe, and in India, and the three locations we are based out of. Um. Thanks. Um, that is, uh, it's a different, uh, sort of a different set of services than a lot of the folks that we, uh, that we talk to today. And, and of course, uh, I'm not, my, Robin, my co-host, who's not here, is much more immersed in the HR technology world than I am. I mean, I, it's not that I don't know, but she, she kind of, she hangs out with those people, whereas I, I, I kind of learn from her. But it has been a massively uh, explosive, explosive area, growth area in the last decade or so. There's all these, new, there's always new companies coming in. There seems to always be acquisitions in the HR space, um, and I know you guys work in kind of other areas as well. But I guess let's 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 start out with two two questions, maybe a part a question with part A and part B. Sure. Um, for 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 the average HR person who may or may not think about digital transformation as a a thing that they need to think about in their daily work. Um, tell us what that is, and then maybe thread that through and talk uh, as you know as much as you can about how that might pertain to HR as a as a professional discipline. Sure, um, digital transformation nothing but you know using technology to improve business performance in a in a company. A business performance could be productivity, could be revenue growth, it could be improving. Uh, experience of your customers, employees, and so on. Really about um, how how can you make technology a core of your organization 
rather than technology as a uh, enabler of the organization. And that's a big, a big shift which has happened in the last 10 years where every company is a, a technology company. And more and more digital transformation is also becoming a core of how an HR function operates in a company. And I'll give you some examples of how we see digital transformation playing a role. Um, we are, even in spite of recession, we are in still, the unemployment is still very low. We are in a, a middle of a global talent war. So how do you now think about employee branding? And we, we have seen digital marketing, digital sales, largely focused on customer, but similar kind of technologies are used around um, employer branding and for HR organizations to reach out uh, to potential uh, candidates. So that's one key area. The second is, um, do you even understand where this talent is? What skills do they have talent? You have tools like LinkedIn, uh, which provides, but also tools like Drop, which provides deep intelligence on availability of talent in, in different locations, different cities, uh, and so on. Then it's not about hiring these talent, but um, you know, hiring is very, very hard. But is there a way for you to retrain your existing talent? So how do you have an understanding about the skill portfolio of the company, what you already have, and how do you create more individualized career path for each of your employees so that they're able to learn and master some of the skills which is required for the future? Then how do you use technology? Because today learning is happening uh, online. Learning is uh, happening just in time. So how do you create a construct for each employee to have their own learning path that is, again, driven through technology? Then it's about engagement, employee engagement, employee experience. How do you automate all of the processes? The employee doesn't have to wait to speak to HR. Uh, how do you automate the whole process of um, employee onboarding to engagement um, and, and all of that experience with the organization? So again, technology is playing a significant role. So the entire life cycle of an uh, employee uh, is technology playing a foundational role or also in under managing alumni network of the company. When we, you want your employee attrition is very high right now, even at 15% attrition, you know, five years, you are completely switching your entire company. And how do you now keep uh, engagement with people who have left the company? Because they're a source of reference for new employees as well as for customers. Now, how do you manage that? Again, technology plays a significant role in the overall value chain. Yeah, it, it, it it's really interesting that you you that you present it that way, and that it because you know there are in in the HR space there's there's discussion about the candidate experience, like what it's what is it like for somebody who's interested in working at your company to apply and be interviewed right before they're on board, and then there's onboarding, and you know how do you welcome a candidate that you've hired and get them started in the, the optimal way, and then. And then there's the employee experience, and then even now they're starting to talk. It's not it's not new, but it seems to be a growing conversation about like alumni, people who have transitioned out, but you know you want to maintain a contact with because they're a referral source. They may come back. There's a lot of people boomerang in place, so it it's the it's it ta- it's taking a while to me. It seems. But it, it feels to me finally like we're starting to get a little bit of a holistic experience around the technology because in years past, it was, okay, what's that? What's the applicant tracking system look like? What's the HRIS? And, and they're not always necessarily the same 
system, right? And then you've got your communications piece and your data that you mentioned of engagement and tracking all that. So there's lots of, uh, as much as, as HR people in some cases have the reputation of not really being good at numbers or trying to avoid, there's tons of information out there that we need to manage and analyze every day and put to work. So you, one of the things that you mentioned earlier, uh, the automation, right? So, and then there's also some other technology like augmented reality, metaverse, chat GPT. There's a lot, I mean, stuff's been going on for, I know this, I'm talking rather than asking a question. I guess I'm setting something up. I'd like to hear your thoughts, I guess, on those things, but let's start with the automation piece and, you know, maybe some basic because not every H like there's like I were I, I most recently worked for a company that had over two hundred thousand employees. Mm-hmm. Many of our listeners are HR managers with maybe one. They're the only person, or possibly they have one one or two other people in there, and they don't have the time to and the money to go out and buy a big system or whatever. Right. So yeah. can you kind of lay out how they think about and tackle this problem? Yeah. I know there's not like one solution, but can you talk about some of the things that they might want to be thinking about to get started on these types of projects? Absolutely. Um, if you think about automation, uh, you got to think about. Uh, how the IT systems have evolved in a company, right? If you look at the first set of systems, these were system of records where you input some data and it's stored in a database and SAP um, and all of the ERP systems or uh, other workflow systems uh, within an HR organization where they store information. So that's, and then you, you get the information out of a particular system and then you input into an Excel or from an Excel inputting into a workflow. So that part can be automated uh, a combination of two ways. One, you are now recording a human's activity, and then you're automating that using a robot, uh, a company like um, automation, companies like UiPath, uh, Automation Anywhere, Rintex, Cofactor, several companies which provides the technology, which will allow you to automate that. The second way to automate that, you know, when you have some sophisticated IT uh, capability, then you can have a low-code, no-code capability. You can read the API and use that as a way to automate rather than you manually entering information. So that's the first wave of basic automation. I can have a robot running in my desktop. I do what I do. Robot records it. The next time I don't have to do it, I run the robot and robot will drive it. Or, Or I write some basic code using um, connection into some of these HRMI systems, which then I can automate. So that's a basic um, system of records automation. The second part is um, inference of, of all the data you have. For example, right now the HR is asked for all kinds of dashboards. Right? You're building your CEO wants a dashboard, your CFO wants a dashboard, your regulatory compliance wants a dashboard, your cybersecurity wants something else. The how do you now look at all the data you have and drive inference on the data? And, and that's where you have newer technology, AI, machine learning models, which are common to drive inference around the data. So that's a second wave of automation. The third way of automation, what we call a system of experience, where you are automating an experience you provide to an employee. For example, employee is asking a specific Query around a around a policy. What is a vacation policy? What is my uh, employee benefits policy? Now you have a generative AI uh, like a Chat GPT, which is running on the background, which has read all of the information and able to provide 
the right recommendation and content and engage with the employee so that one person um, uh, is not really spending all the time answering employee queries. So we are moving from an automation of system of records to an to a an, uh, system of intelligence, which is about inference of data, and to a system of experience where uh, you are generating content and automating the uh, resolve the solution of a, of a challenge or an issue for the employee. Um, and that's how we see automation evolving within the HR organization. And, and it, it makes sense. Um, how, so like I've been, I've been personally, I've been playing with chat GPT because it's fascinating. And I, 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 over the weekend, I did some stuff with Dolly, which is kind of like chat GPT's sister or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Same company, different, different, different AI bots, right? It, it can do amazing things. And then sometimes it does really stupid things. But the the problem that I have is I don't know yet exactly what I need it to do, right? I can make it do all kinds of silly things. Um, I can ask, and it can create some reasonably, at least on the surface, some reasonably mundane sort of documents. If you ask it to write, draft a policy or create a cover letter, it does this kind of stuff. But as an HR practitioner, how do I know, like, I, like, I think the example you gave of uh, somebody that wants to know about the sick leave policy, right? Um, how do as an HR practitioner, how do you know what kind of technology or what kind of AI bot you need? And and how do you find, I mean, you mentioned some companies, but how do you find those tools and how do you program them? I mean, I know you're not going to technically tell us, but how do I, how do I, how do I get from the blocks right out of the starting blocks? Right. Correct. So there are, I I think of um, technology, I brought it into generative AI into what the HR professional can use to improve their own productivity. And second, what can they deploy to improve the productivity of their employees? So, so yeah. let me make an observation. If yeah. you if you get this bot started, one thing that it can theoretically could do would be to answer questions on a on a message board or on a in a chat box where the employees logged in through Slack or some other tool. Right? They, you you type a message to the bot about what's the sick leave policy, and it tells you which then saves the HR person taking a call and talking to the person in, in live, right. And missing a message and making three calls. That's one simple example of how it automation improves somebody's uh, experience in theory. They get the information they need right away without Mm -hmm. interrupting anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give you some examples. For example, let's say an HR uh, is had to send out an email that about, um, uh, somebody's promotion has been withheld. First, an example, right? They're writing an email and you can tell whatever system you're using, like chat GPD, hey, can you make this email more empath- empathetic? Rephrase being more empathetic. Mm-hmm. Add these emotions and then make it, make my email a lot more assertive. So you can provide that guidance because a person by by their nature can be a certain type of person, but the, the communication what is required is a little bit different. So mm-hmm. it changes the tonality of your email or communication, what you, what you could try, right? And it improves and you have a maker checker um, model. You need to have multiple people check. So you, you can reduce the number of checks, uh, which is required for some of these communication uh, to go out. So just making your communication better, relevant, 
to uh, to a particular person of their interest, contextualizing, I think it's going to play a big role um, in improving the effectiveness of an HR uh, in a person. So I think that these these are kind of things which should which should evolve. Uh, like for example, right right now, uh, Microsoft has announced a Teams Premium version, which is going to allow uh, you know meeting minutes and tracking of action. Uh, on a on a regular basis, so you don't need somebody to manage a lot of this, right? It's going to be automatically tracked, um, and so this you you almost like you know you reduce you, you increase your bandwidth significantly by AI taking over some of these tasks. So it's it's, it's still very very early stage, and it's going to be a lot of experimentation, and it's really important to anchor on one or two of these large platforms like Microsoft or Google and others. Who then will bring in all the integration of all the sort of technology on top of it, rather than HR professionals trying to go and work with individual startups, because it's going to be a whole lot of companies coming in over the next five years. It's going to become very, very hard for them to manage that themselves. Right. It, um, I was uh, I was fascinated most recently by a product um, called Otter AI. It's and it's a it's basically a like if we wanted to record a transcript of this uh-huh. call, a, a you know a text trans- transcript, we could have Otter AI listen in on the call as another dial in. It it captures our conversation and it and then it delivers a, a a text version of our of this conversation, right? And I mean that seems very simple, but for years I was the executive director of an organization where we did four meetings a year, board meetings, which were several hours in length, right? And we ran a digital recorder that sometimes we forgot to turn on or the batteries went dead on and we relied on that. Whereas if we had Otter AI or some some other thing running in the background, it would just capture it in the cloud and be there. And and I could, you know, then just ask it, create a, a version of the minutes for our meeting and it would be done. It was a lot, whereas it would took me hours and hours and hours to, to do that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and there's, there's, there's probably, especially in HR with all of our human interactions and our, our, our physical transactions and stuff that we do in the systems, there's probably an unlimited amount of opportunities for people to think about these. Kinds exactly. Of think of, think of, you know, just add on to what you said, Michael, think of a scenario where you're recording all of this information, but AI is smart enough to capture um, the emotions of a particular meeting and how the managers being abusive or are being empathetic or are they listen more or are they speaking more? So the AI could potentially coach the individual. One is you can do inference. Basically, you can look at all of this data and then look at the attrition and employee engagement data and then see the real, almost real time. HR cannot be in all meeting, but now they have a view in terms of how the organization is running, but just looking at uh, metadata coming out of these uh, inferences coming out from AI. Another way it could also be allow them to coach uh, their managers and automatically mm-hmm. come back and say, hey, here is how you should be doing. You're listening only 10% of your meeting. You're expected to listen 40% of your time. Um, uh, or the managers are talking before they're listening to the employees' inputs. And and you go to change. So it's, it became a clear, I won't think of... Uh, an HR business partner who's coaching um, a leadership team. But today you can democratize that coaching to even first-line managers. Now, otherwise, it's very expensive to have like a CEO coach. But think of the similar kind of capability at an individual manager level in a company. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, In fact, I believe Amazon, I think I saw a couple of years ago where they have some 
some rudimentary version of that, you know, that they that they were working on. I don't know where it stands, but it, it yeah, it was very interesting to see at an update. Um, I want to touch on, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to touch on a couple other areas. So the, it seems to me that the AI bots um, are the hot thing right now, chat GPT. And, uh, yeah. But there, it, it, there's been a longer discussion and I think a longer um uh, a longer implementation thread on things like augmented reality and virtual reality in the metaverse, which is, I guess, Facebook's new, I don't even know what to call it, platform. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's These things are still not completely implemented in, in throughout at every company. Um, where where are we going there and, and what applications do you see with those? Yeah, I think the, the one of the key early on applications of that is um, your know, recruiting process, because uh, as companies become more and more remote, uh, more and more global, and and the fact that the last two years everybody was equidistant from everybody else, and in that scenario, if you're interviewing somebody from somewhere else, uh, you're able to provide that um, immersive experience so that you don't have to fly them down to be able to interview the particular person because they're not going to ever go to work in the headquarters. So it's a great tool for providing that experience to the candidate as well as for the hiring managers to understand the candidate uh, a bit more. Even I think that's going to be the more early low-hanging fruit kind of experience. Then it's all what Facebook talks about metaverse. Um, it's also about how do you brainstorm together in an office uh, and more and more, this looks like right now companies are coming back to work. Um, the U.S. Uh, office space utilization just crossed 50% um, just this week uh, post-COVID. So you're starting to come back to office, but it's always going to be hybrid. So you won't have always people calling in from different places. So how do you have them have the same office experience? So a part of that being in an um, you know, office room, it's not just about visual cues like what we have right now but also about audio cues, right? The person sitting on my left, sitting on the right. Now, how, what is the body language? So a lot of this you should be able to um, uh, interpret in, an, in a metaverse. And if you think of metaverse plus also AI, because AI is also observing you in, in the metaverse. So a combination of that um, over a period of time uh, should make it as close to the physical experience. I think that's the idea anyway. Yeah, um, I saw recently... Um a Microsoft Teams version where you can create like a virtual avatar and and seat yourself in a different configurations and stuff. And it, it, right, right now it still looks a little cheesy. It's very cartoonish, uh, uh, but it, but it's, we, people have to get used to using it somehow. Right. So they play just like the virtual backgrounds and that kind of stuff, you know, and um, right. it's, uh, it's really interesting. Um, you mentioned hybrid work. Um we, you know, we still have a, a gig economy, although that's changing quite a bit. And and then we've been we've been having discussions in the industry over the last year or so about quiet this and quiet that, quiet quitting, quiet hiring. And I'm not really sure. I guess there will be another quiet trend to come down the road soon. I don't know what that might be. Um, how does this stuff? Um, how does that stuff uh, work within leadership and within digital transformation? You mentioned a couple, like hybrid work is a great place to start probably. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's hybrid work is, um, it's for, for it to stay here, right? And so, and what companies are now doing is by job role, initially instead of saying that everybody has to come, back, come to work, 
they're breaking it down by job roles and saying, okay, certain job roles doesn't have to be in the office because they are more independent contributors. They don't have to influence decisions across the company. Those certain types of roles can be purely remote. Certain types of roles has to be 100% in the office because they're working in a lab. Uh, they need the lab infrastructure. They have to, you know, unless you have metaverse, very difficult for them to, you know, really contribute. So those roles has to be five days a week. And there are certain roles which could be three days a week. They can come in uh, at, a, at a particular time. So they are able to now break it down by job roles and create a hybrid environment. They're also creating more satellite offices. So you think of a hub and spoke model. Instead of everybody coming into uh, New York City to work, uh, can I have an, a satellite office in Connecticut? Can I have a satellite office in New Jersey? So employees in that location can go in maybe two days a week into their office, maybe one day a week they can all come into in one location. So you reduce the time as well as carbon uh, time in travel as well as reduce the carbon footprint uh, of employees uh, as they as they commute to work. So that's really how we see uh, hybrid work. It's not going to be one solution for empl- all employees, which is what all CEOs wanted mm-hmm. uh, post COVID. But there's going to be a lot more nuance and refine than that. Yeah, I'm I'm in a I'm in a, a Facebook group for HR professionals and. We get questions, multiple questions a day about what are you doing about hybrid this and what are you doing about that? And do you compensate people for their, you know, their Internet? And do you pay them to travel on the days that come? Just it, like there's a whole new policy universe developing around how to manage that stuff. And it's going to take us a while. Um, <clears throat> we kind of we're coming to the end of the show, Pari. So um, I want to I guess I want to close with. um just a general question around final thoughts, right? What can what 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 can leaders and HR our HR practitioners um, take away right now? That is probably the you know the, where, what should they be thinking about right this minute? And what do you what do you think that they should focus on? Yeah, I think the key is to be very consistent with the messaging, right? If you look at uh, during COVID, everybody talked about hey, we're going to take care of the employees. Um, and, uh, you know, you they said all the right things, they did all the right things, but, you know, right now, uh, a slight, um, you know, tint of precision, even though companies are making a lot of money, they're letting go of a lot of people they hired. So everything they talked about, hey, we are a family, and, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. and now they're letting go, and, and then the night, two o'clock in the morning, you can't log in, log into your mission. So it's, so being very consistent on what, what it means and you know, everybody's joining a job to get something done. Uh, are you able to align employees to the purpose and what does it mean for the individuals and not just within the boundary of what they could do in the company, but how are you developing them for the future that even if they leave the company, they have opportunities. So, uh, so being very clear about it, uh, instead of being, uh, you know, have a certain message and keep switching that message. I think that's going to be important in a, in a world where, Everything, everybody's connected, every message is on TikTok or other platforms coming out. Um, I think it's going to be very important for, for HR to keep that in mind. Yeah, I, th- I think that's an excellent point. Um, there have been so many, especially in the tech side, there have been, and I, you know, I mean, I guess part of it is the nature of the work, but Google, uh, Twitter, you know, pick any, a bunch of others, right? I, I'm not to bash any one of them in, in, individually. Um, a lot of them mismanaged the, the the layoffs that they've done. It seems to me they did them through emails. They did them through show up at the door and you find out your friend gets in, but your badge doesn't work or whatever. 
um, there, there has been, I think, a sacrifice of human touch. And so I, I think your advice about kind of being consistent, understanding your messaging, and I would add in, look at the people and give them kind of the, give them the, the support and, and personal attention that they need as well. And I know you can't run a global company and meet one-on-one with every individual when you're laying off 12,000 people in one day, but you can do it with a different way other than email, I would argue. So, right. I mean, I mean I, 12,000 people are managed by somebody who, uh, who has time to you work. Would th- you think a lot of time in hiding them. They should be yep. able to spend five minutes to <laughs> let them know. <laughs> Which goes back to that holistic, kind of across the board experience that you described early on. Um, thanks so much for being our guest today on drive three HR. Uh, I know that flew by really quickly. We covered a lot of different things in uh, about 25 minutes. Um, one of the things we always ask our guests to do, and you can just share whatever works for you is if anybody listens to this show and they wanted to reach out and get in touch with you, what are, what are the best ways for them to find you, whether that be on the internet or email or however it may be. Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn and message me on LinkedIn. That's probably the best to reach, reach me. Okay. And um, I will, uh, with that, I'm going to go ahead and end the show. Thanks very much for being our guest today. I will um, edit this show and post the link probably a little later this afternoon or maybe tomorrow morning. And when it's up, I will, of course, send it to you and your contacts. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. And Thanks. we will do our, our bet in, in promoting that. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of the week, Paria, and I will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you both. It was nice meeting you, Michael. And um, I'll be in touch, Mari, once the link is live. And thank you again. Okay. You take care, Christine. Bye. Bye.